so appreciate what you do and your hard work. And uh, this morning we're going to be hearing two video presentations from our missionaries. The first one is from Nam, uh, Anna and Nam, and they're <clears throat> serving with uh, Reconcile World. Uh, and in your booklet, I trust you've received this as you've come into the auditorium this morning. Um, it's a wonderful booklet. It's great to take home, put on the coffee table, read um, and have a look through while you're enjoying a, a hot drink. And um, <clears throat> if you turn to page nine, we're going to be hearing from Anna and Nam shortly on video. And uh, just briefly speaking, Anna and Nam, Anna was part of our church, Activate Church or Eastside um, Apostolic Church, it was known in 1995, so Anna's been part of our family for a long, long time, married her husband, uh, Nam, uh, while serving in Asia, and they're focused on church transformation, and uh, so they run a number of training programs, helping churches get out of poverty, seeing leaders uh, trained, and um, over the last year, they've impacted over 7,500 churches in 20 countries. Isn't that amazing? Absolutely wonderful. Then Mike's going to come and we'll hear about the persecuted church around the world. And then finally, we'll conclude with a video from Grant and uh, Vicky. Grant is also, Grant and Vicky, part of our fellowship. They were here uh, 20 years ago as well and come back from time to time. And as you can see, that they have planted over 75 house churches in the last year. Uh, 375 people have been water baptized. Over 400 Bibles given out. And over the years, there's been hundreds and hundreds of churches planted and thousands of people come to the Lord. And that's all part of our partnership with them through sowing and finances, through prayer, and through people going. Isn't that wonderful? Absolutely awesome. And so this is a tremendous time to celebrate and rejoice in the Lord. So I'm going to ask Linda now. She would like to play the video from uh, Anna, and then Mike will come. Formation's flame We're going with a passion for your name We're going for we care about your praise Send us out Let worship be the heart of mission's aim Hi Activate, I am really excited to be able to be with you here this morning Nam's also excited to be with you. He's hiding on the other side of the camera, pretending like he's doing some serious work. Goodness knows what that is. But anyway, I got the job of being on this side of the camera. But he wants you to know he says hi and he loves you as well. So we are just thrilled to be with you. We're thrilled that we get to drop into your service this morning. And we just uh, want to say thank you, most of all. Just we love you guys and we so appreciate you. So Elska wrote to us and let us know that we're going to be talking on the topic of belonging. Belonging, to be honest, is a little bit of a strange topic for us right now. We're actually, this week, I am surrounded in boxes, which now I'm trying not to get on the video, uh, because we are packing absolutely everything and we are going to be living out of suitcases for the next few years. We no longer will have a home. So if anything, we're going through a season of really trying to contemplate what does it mean to belong? What does it mean to if we're going to be this unrooted, to belong somewhere. How do we stay sane when there's no house? What does that even mean? 
And I think we've been reminded again, we belong as we belong to God, we belong to each other, but we also belong to this amazing global family. We have brothers and sisters in Christ all around the world, and that is just a huge, exciting blessing. And of course, you are part of our brothers and sisters around the world. In fact, you're a key part of our family, a very close part of our family. You know, this week I was praying about what we could talk about, and God brought to mind the verse in Romans 12, 15, that talks about weep with those that weep and rejoice with those that rejoice. And you know, when I think of you guys, I think of people who just do an amazing job of weeping with us and rejoicing with us. And you have been amazing prayer partners. I know there's been times where life has just been really hard and knowing that you are there and that you are praying and that you are lifting up our arms has been just this immense blessing to us. And there's been other times when life has been uh, great and uh, we're thankful that you celebrate with us. I know that some of you have even had a birthday cake on our behalf. And next time you can send a piece because we didn't get a birthday cake, just you guys. No, we love you guys. You know, just a few weeks ago, Nam was uh, traveling to Congo and he had injured his foot. And as he flew, his foot became more and more swollen. It became incredibly painful. So he rang me from the uh, Thailand airport and said, I'm in just so much pain. I think I'll get a wheelchair to get to the plane. And I was a little surprised. In fact, I was very alarmed. Nam's not the sort of guy who uh, usually would get a wheelchair. He kind of likes to do it himself. So I was kind of like, my goodness. So I popped it on the uh, Missos Prayer uh, spot that they have on Facebook. And, you know, uh, so many people responded so quickly to say they were praying. And uh, within less than just a, a few minutes, he was uh, better and able to walk to his plane. And by the time he landed in Congo, instead of his foot becoming more and more swollen on the plane, it uh, was completely healed. And it just is a reminder even in this day and age, you're just so much part of our family and, and you're right there with us and walking with us and it's just such a blessing. But you know, as I was thinking about it, I was thinking we're part of an even bigger family. We have brothers and sisters around the world. We have just amazing uh, people in our family all around the world. And I kind of wish I could get this video and, and take you around the world and help you to meet all the people that we get to meet because honestly they're incredible and they're doing incredible things uh, one of the people that sticks out in my mind is a woman who was just sharing with us in DR Congo while we were there and she was telling about everything that she's doing to help the poor so she's planted this nursery and and as a result of the profit she gets from these trees she's able to run these different programs she uh, knows how to uh, make soap and, and different kind of cleaning products and so she gathered a group of widows and she taught them how do we make cleaning products how do we make soap and how do we do all of these things so now now they have an income and their businesses are doing well they have managed to make an income out of it and she just went on and on all these different things that her and her husband are doing to um, help those that are, are really desperately poor around them and you know, we've got amazing brothers and sisters just around the world doing incredible things. But you know, the verse also talks about weeping with those that weep. And I'm reminded that, you know, one of the other things that we see, we see amazing stories, but we also hear heartbreaking stories of, of people that are really suffering, of our brothers and sisters in Christ who are really suffering. And I want to encourage you to, to weep with those that weep in the sense of joining them and joining us and praying for them. You know, uh, on our website, reconciledworld.org, you will find a prayer 
uh, page pages, I think. And you can go on there and there's different prayer guides on all sorts of different topics, how to pray for poverty, how to pray for um, gendercide, how to pray for all sorts of different topics. I don't know if you can see it, but Scrappy's decided to join us today. This is our cat who uh, we're going to be leaving, but she will be belonging to some new tenants. Anyway, on our website, there's all these fantastic opportunities to be praying. And I really want to encourage you to go to the website to download some of the prayer guides and to think about how can you be praying for people around the world? Because we are part of this family. These are your brothers and sisters, and you might not be able to see them, but they're there and they're real. And um, so, yeah, I would love it if you can um, be people that are praying for those needs around the world as well. And if you want to join our prayer list, uh, please send me an email or um, uh, talk to Elska. We would love to have you on our uh, prayer list. We'd love to have you praying with us. We'd also love to be sharing with you what God is doing and, and the amazing stories we see as we travel. You know, I just want to say again, thank you so much. You've been such faithful partners. You know, I left uh, New Zealand back in 94 and you have walked with me all those years. And so I'm just so incredibly thankful for you. And Nam is also incredibly thankful to you. He's got his thumbs up at the moment. He's thankful. Thank you, guys. Love you. Isn't that awesome? Yeah, 24 years of service. And it's a wonderful partnership, isn't it? Fantastic. How's that memory verse going? Can you turn to your neighbor and say it to them? Tara, well done. Did you say, do you, do you want to come up here and say it? This is my command, love each other. Well done. I don't know about you, I can learn these things and five minutes later forget them. Who finds that? Yeah, and it's good to remind ourselves, isn't it? So we'll do this a couple of more times, and by the time we leave the gathering this morning, hopefully we've got it locked in. Well, church, can we put our hands together to welcome Mike from Open Doors? Come on, Mike. Well, thank you, Pastor Ray, for the, the opportunity to be here this morning, and, and it really is a, a privilege to be here uh, at Activate Church. And so my name's Mike Burrows. I'm a part of the team at Open Doors. And Open Doors serves persecuted Christians who live in the toughest places in the world for the gospel. But um, can I just say that I, I love being a, a part of Missions Month this, this month at Activate. It's so amazing to, um, to be able to set aside a month to, to think bigger and to, to realize that, in fact, we can impact our brothers and sisters around the world. Quite often we think of our church family as being the, the people in this room, but, um, but we set aside a month to actually extend our reach through prayer and through finance to, uh, to really partner with people that we've just seen up on the screen. Amazing to have such a, uh, a relationship that has lasted so long. And, um, and I've always thought that the kingdom of God really only ever advances through relationship. And so uh, it's so key. And so, um, you know, this month, just ask the Lord what it is that he would have each one of us to do to, uh, to partner with uh, the people that Activate is partnering with this month. So, um, so, so good. But um, it's, a, it's a privilege for, for me to, to be here today to, to share about Open Doors. And... Um, I might start by, by sharing this story with you. So uh, in Syria right now, there's a, there's a priest. 
And what he's done is he's grown his beard long to look like an Islamic State fighter. Now, on the screen, this is not him. Uh, the people that we work with at Open Doors, we uh, most of the time can't show you their photos, can't share their names uh, because of what they do for their own safety. But this guy, he impersonates an IS operative, and he goes into ISIS prisons to bust out Christians. And so to date, this guy has busted out over 220 believers from these kind of conditions where ISIS has taken Christians, they torture them, they, they kill them because of their faith in Jesus Christ. If they were to catch this guy, you know, it's not if they would kill him, but it, it's how would they kill him. And, uh, and he says, you know what, there are more people like me. Just wait, in a couple of years' time, you're going to hear some amazing testimonies from those who are bold for him. And, and I just think that, um, uh, that our Christian faith is this faith of, of love. You know, God loves us. We love each other. But this is really love commando style. I mean, he's going in at the risk of his own life. And, and he's doing, you know, I just sense that call of God in his life. I, I mean, you know, what if the Lord called you to do that? You can remember the, you could probably think of the first time going into one of those prisons. And, but uh, it's just the call of God. So I'm so pleased to be a, a part of a ministry like Open Doors that serves persecuted Christians in the toughest places on earth for the gospel, places like North Korea, um, Syria, uh, Iraq, Somalia, places where if you are even um, uh, thought that maybe you're a Christian, well, you could be sent to prison or you could be just killed right, right on the spot. And so Open Doors really is on the, the front lines. And what we do is we, um, we basically ask believers, what, what is it that you need? Um, you know, do you need Bibles? Is it leadership training? Is it help to plant churches? We do uh, trauma uh, care and, and counseling for families of, of martyrs, those who've lost their parents, orphans, widows. You know, as the Bible talks about, we should care for them. And, and I believe it should be a part of the, the DNA of each one of us as believers to care for uh, the, the persecuted church around the world. But to give you a, a bit of a better idea, uh, about what Open Doors does, I want to share with you a, a two-minute clip that uh, goes into a, a little bit of what it is that, that we do at Open Doors. Open Doors is positioned on the front lines, standing and strengthening persecuted Christians in countries like North Korea, where it is illegal to own a Bible or your family can be thrown in a prison camp for their beliefs. Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honoured, every part rejoices with it. It's time to awaken to the reality of the persecuted church. In 1955, Brother Andrew, a newly committed Christian, began smuggling Bibles into Eastern Europe, behind the Iron Curtain, because he believed that everyone should have the freedom to know Jesus. He was given the scripture, Revelation 3.2, Wake up, strengthen what remains and is about to die. Since his first trip, Open Doors has expanded to work around the world providing Bibles and training for those who need it most. We train leaders in their homeland so they can be the light of the gospel in the darkest places. In 1981, we delivered one million Bibles to a secluded harbour in China and was described by Time magazine as one of the boldest missionary ventures of all time. 
1989, we sent one million New Testament Bibles into Russia and a seven-year prayer campaign for the Soviet Union finished. We are a part of the body of Christ, called to the persecuted church, people of prayer, seeking to live by faith, devoted to Jesus Christ and His call, motivated solely for the glory of God. Open doors. Together, we serve the persecuted church. So every year, Open Doors produces what we call the the World Watch list or the World Watch map. And what it is, is it's the, the top 50 countries in the world where it's the most dangerous to be a Christian. And we rank them from, from 1 to 50. In fact, we go from 1 to 60. And, uh, and we come up with the, the toughest places in the world. So, so right now, uh, if you are a believer, uh, the worst place in the world that you could be uh, if you're a Christian is North Korea. And uh, just about three weeks ago, I, I read a quote from a North Korean believer. And he said this. He said, When I became a Christian, I decided that one day I will die for Jesus. Then he says, every believer in North Korea has made that decision. For us here today, would we be in church today if that was a reality in New Zealand? There, there are believers around the world. When, when Jesus says that we have to lose our lives to gain it and, and to gain life, we have to lose it. Well, this is actually a, a physical reality for, for our physical body for um, many believers around the world. Uh, number two this year is Afghanistan, which is close behind. Number three is Somalia, four, Sudan, Pakistan, and, and it goes on from there. Every country is a, is a bit different. Um, in Somalia, where a friend of mine lived for eight years, he saw an entire generation of Christians wiped out, killed. He, he remembers having communion with um, four Somali believers. And as they were breaking the bread and, and drinking the, the juice, he, he looked in their eyes and he could see in their eyes that they were thinking to themselves, well, well this is us. You know, our body is actually going to be broken. And um, within three weeks, uh, on one morning, all four of them were, were killed because of their faith in, in the Lord. And so this is a, a reality in, in so many places around the world. But just to give you a, um, just uh, to focus again, perhaps back on Syria, uh, number 15 uh, on the world watch list. I just want to share a, a story of a, of a woman. And she's a part of a church that uh, looks after a um, an IDP camp, internally displaced people's camp in Syria. And so this church looks after a bunch of families. But what this woman does is she goes into rebel-controlled areas to deliver food and resources and clothing and blankets for for those who need it, the poor people in in these areas. Now, she goes by herself uh, for for two reasons. One, um, there's not many other people brave enough to go with her. And uh, for number two, uh, being one person, you can get in and out of places easier. So this is the the call of God on on her life to do this. So she says that uh, the rebels actually found out where she lived. And they came uh, one morning and they surrounded her house trying to bust in. 
she had her hands on the, the front door, holding the door closed, and they were yelling at her, and they were saying to her, aren't you afraid that we are here to slaughter you? You know, because she's a believer, because she's a Christian, doing what she does, these rebels have decided they're going to, to cut her in, into bits because of her faith in Jesus Christ. And so they're yelling at her, and she's holding this door back. And I think of myself, you know, what, what would I be doing? Would I um, be holding the, the door back like that? Would I perhaps um, be, be sitting, sitting down and holding the door back with, with my back against the door? Perhaps I could hold it back a bit more that way. But she's turned, faced the enemy, feeling the pounding on the door on the other side of her hands, and she's holding the door back. Not only that, inside her house there is also a group of Christian women in there in her house as well. And so for me, this is an amazing picture of prayer and intercession and standing in the gap. You've got this enemy that's trying to come in. There she is standing in between them and these Christian women. They're, they're about to be slashed to pieces by machetes, shot, shot, to, shot to pieces by machine guns. And there she is. And in response, what this woman says is she says, I'm not afraid of you. I've got the God of victory here with me. And that's her response. And what I love about that was, was that that was a, a complete and total faith response. And I believe it was her response that actually changed the situation. And, and even just for us, just bringing it into our lives at the moment, if we come up against a challenge, I, I believe that it is a 100% faith response that the response that we make could actually be the answer to the, the problem, to, to turn it around. As she said, I am not afraid of you, she says, I don't know what happened. She says, maybe what happened in, in, Acts, uh, in Genesis chapter 8 when Lot was in the house and, and the angels struck the, the guys with blindness, she says, they couldn't get in. She was holding the door closed and all these guys, they couldn't get in. And so one by one, they slowly turned away. They left her, so she stayed alive, so did the women, and she continued to deliver food and supplies. <clears throat> About a month later, these rebels came back, but this time with an invitation, and the invitation was to go and meet the, um, the leader of the rebels of that area. And so she decided to go with them by herself with these guys carrying machine guns, so she goes into the enemy's HQ, she stands before him, and he looks at her, and he's amazed. He says, when men stand before me, they shake. They uncontrollably shake because of the fear that's, that's in them. He says, he says, what's the source of your strength? And she says, are you sure you want me to tell you the source of my strength? Will you give me permission to speak? which he does, and then for 25 minutes, she says, for 25 minutes, she preached the gospel of Jesus Christ to him and to all those rebels. She preached about the God of victory, the God of courage, the God of grace and love, and by the time she had finished, the leader was, was in tears because it's the first time he had heard the gospel message. She turned around and walked out alive, and she continues to go ahead and, and, and uh, deliver food and supplies Open Doors continues to um, help resource her into what the, uh, the Lord's called her to do, and then also her, her local church as well. So um, just a, a bit of an insight into the, the lives of some of these amazing people who, who walk the earth today for the Lord. 
Um, there are so many Christians who are in, in prisons for their faith, but so many who are, who are just stepping out in courage and declaring, even in courtrooms where they could be sentenced to, to death, but they, they preach the gospel even in those settings. So today, um, you know, I just thought I'd give you a bit of a, an insight into some of the projects we're, we're doing, Bibles into Vietnam. Uh, I visited Vietnam last year. It takes 15 years to translate the Bible into a dialect. And I think, man, you know, why would you take out 15 years for perhaps a few hundred or a few thousand people of a dialect? And I think of the fact that, that Jesus, well, he left the 99 to go after the one. Uh, it's worth it for one person. Uh, church growth in India. India was number 28 on the world watch list a few years ago. Today it's number, last year it was 15, today it's number 11. Persecution is rarely increasing in India. There's national elections next year, and um, it's going to be a time where Christians are um, from next year. That This could be huge for, for India. Outreach into Central Asia, um, we can't uh, necessarily always say the country, we'll say the region, um, but people with an evangelistic heart, we want to resource them for, for what they do. Uh, persecution training in Nigeria. My, my wife uh, went to Nigeria last year. There are wells in Nigeria, and the locals say, you're a Christian, you can't use our water. You know, go find your water somewhere else. And so we do boreholes um, in Nigeria, and uh, so it's one tap for about 2,000 people. But, uh, but without that aid and support, Christians would um, not have any water. So, uh, so wherever Christians are, are suffering persecution in those harsh environments, we go into those places. Um, so we've got just out there on the, the table, uh, Frontline Faith magazine. Feel free to pick that up out the back there. It comes out every couple of months. Our daily prayer guide. I love it when people together can pray for the same thing at the same time and, uh, and be a part of that together. So uh, it's just a, a brief insight, really, into what it is that we do. And, um, and so good to be a part of an amazing uh, organi organization that uh, serves persecuted believers. So um, thanks so much for, um, for what you do as a church. You know, you make a significant difference and impact into the world of missions. And thanks for the chance for me to share here this morning. Great. Thanks so much, Mike. Isn't that insightful? <clears throat> Incredible stories. Um, on the table in the foyer, um, there is um, various booklets and so forth. This one here is the World uh, Watch List, as uh, Mike has mentioned, with the top uh, most challenging, or 50 most challenging countries in the world to live. So I really encourage you to get that and other material. I think you'll find it really, really interesting. How's it going with that memory verse? Just say it to yourself. Why don't you just say it to yourself? John 15, 17. How does it go? This is my command. That's right. Love each other. Okay, got it. All right. We're now going to hear from a video uh, um, from Grant and Vicky. Uh, Grant is part of Activate Church. He was here in 1994, I think it was, wasn't it, Graham, when uh, he and Vicky left to go to China, and uh, they've been part of church planting initiatives there now for uh, 24 years and seen hundreds of churches planted. So uh, let's enjoy listening to Grant. Thank you, Linda. Hey, hi everyone. Great to be with you. Uh, it's exciting that uh, it's Global Mandate Month again. 
And so I want to say up front thank you from uh, Vicky and myself for the support and the prayer and the encouragement that you guys give us over uh, it's now been many, many years, so so thank you for that. And as we start, or we have another uh, year of Global Mandate, I know that God's going to do good things through this month. Hey, um, so I want to share with you a bit about uh, Kingdom, Kingdom of God and belonging, or belonging to the Kingdom, another way to say it. I thought maybe I would like to share in, um, three different aspects of this. So um, back, so back, up. And forward, and the different aspects uh, that's involved there, and, and what it means for Vicky and I um, in, in that regard. So, first of all, talking about belonging as it relates to back, and um, as we look back over the many years that uh, we have been connected with Activate, uh, we first went in 1996, we, we left New Zealand. Um, so, uh, it's a while ago now, that's over 20 years ago, 22 years ago uh, this year. And uh, lots of ups and downs, but through it all, um, some real highs, some challenging times, both personally and in ministry. But through it all, what's been really neat is a sense of, as it relates to belonging, is that we've been able to be part of a great church like Activate. And now I say that not just as a nice thing to say, but it's been very tangible in many, many ways, feeling a part of belonging to a group of people that have supported us um, uh, not just financially, but also uh, prayerfully. Uh, many, many situations where we've needed people to be praying for things. And we know, have known that because we belong to a great group of people, great church, that people would pray. It wouldn't just be a very token thing that people would say, but people would actually pray. And that's been very significant. There were so many breakthroughs in terms of personal uh, life, in terms of ministry, where uh, God has really answered these prayers. And so... Uh, we have a very strong sense of belonging that we know that if we're going to pray, that as we uh, send the messages from where we are here in Hong Kong back to New Zealand, being belonging and being part of a great church, we know that people will pray. And then, of course, financially, um, personally for us to be able to be here uh, for many years, uh, it's been a real blessing to belong to a church that really believes in global mission. Um, and that uh, also financially in terms of giving to the different church planning projects that we've been a part of and are a part of, and knowing that um, that when we have the needs or the finances, that um, many times I've been able to be met through the very uh, faithful giving of people. So thank you. Thank you for that. And belonging in terms of friendship, um, each time when we go back to New Zealand, uh, we connect really well. We just often pick up where we leave left off. And even though we don't get to New Zealand too often, every two years, um, sometimes every three years, uh, we very much feel a part of the church that when we are back, that we're with people, um, whether it be obviously in the services or in meals, one-on-one, -on -one, prayer groups, uh, cell groups, there's a real sense of belonging that we know we're part of something. So that's really exciting for us. So it means a lot as a missionary to belong to a church like Activate, coming and going from New Zealand and back to the mission field is not always easy because um, you can, at first it's easy to feel a bit disconnected, but being a part of a church like Activate means that we very easily pick up where we left off. So that's been a real blessing for us. So that's the back part, going back and forth and looking back over the years in terms of belonging to Activate or belonging to the kingdom expressed through Activate. Um, the up part, 
what that means for us as missionaries is that um, our connection with God, um, being a, a child of God, is very special. Um, obviously not just for the fact of salvation, but also uh, the fact that we have a Heavenly Father who knows so much more about um, what we're going through and the challenges we face as missionaries. And uh, so that's, it's wonderful to belong to the uh, family of God, belong to God as a child, but also belong to the family of God. Um, it gives a very strong sense of security, a very strong sense of identity. All these things are very important for us um, as followers of Jesus, but also particularly in terms of what we're doing as missionaries. Um, so that's the connection in terms of up. Uh, being rooted and grounded in God and in his love is very important. And then the forward part, going forward, um, is uh, obviously very important for what we do as, as missionaries. Um, so our heart and our focus is take, to take the gospel to people who have never heard before, um, to spread the gospel amongst people who wouldn't have the opportunity necessarily to hear if people didn't go. And so belonging means not just for us um, uh, I guess to use the word the, the front line, but also belonging in terms of being part of a church and part of a group of people that we all are on the same team. Um, we see in Romans there it talks about that how can people go unless they're sent. And so we know that we come and are sent out uh, from activate a group of people where there will be the finances there, that there will be the prayer there, that there will be the emotional and encouraging support there for when things get tough. We know that people are going to get behind the vision and the mission that God has given Vicky and ourselves, uh, myself personally in terms of planting churches and taking the gospel to people who have never heard. And as a result, over the years, we have seen as a ministry um, hundreds of churches planted. And it's really exciting to be part of a team of people where we may all have different parts to play, but together, we belong together, we're on the same team together. I think of rugby, of course, with the All Blacks. Uh, we hurl on the same team, we have different parts to play, but as a team, we take the gospel forward to those who have never heard before. So thank you, belonging, back, up, forward. Bless you guys. And I trust that it'll be a wonderful month ahead. Thank you so much from Vicky and myself. We love you guys, and we will see you some point soon. Bye. To see the nations recognize your fame. To every tribe and